another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Today on the show joining me is a guy uh, who uh, is uh, active in the uh, club scene, the, uh, ele the electronic music scene uh, here in Milwaukee. Uh, he's uh, got his own uh, event planning agency, Lex Martin Presents. Uh, he, in addition to the record label, Lex Rex, uh, the management team, Lex MGMT. And uh, he uh, he uh, manages uh, the artists Mumby and Wolf Fighter. Uh, he's got a couple really cool shows coming up uh, uh, at the Miramar in the next couple months, and I'm excited to talk to him all about his work and why he does what he does. So, Alex Martinelli, welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Uh, good to see you, man. How Likewise. are you? I'm great. You know, it's uh, it's Monday. Love Mondays. Yeah, we were just talking about unpopular opinion. Mondays, Mondays go hard. I get a lot of shit done on Monday for sure. And since I've got this this platform right now, I'm just gonna publicly say that I consider Mondays a second Sunday. So That's I welcome good. anybody that can embrace that with me. Cheers to second Sunday. Yes. Let us know what you think in the comments. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. I like yeah. Hot take, if you will. But yeah, like I. I mean, I always have off on Mondays, so it's time. It's a. It's a big podcast day for me. Like I like to do, like at least two episodes on Mondays, and I like to get a lot of shit done editing, like write articles from the weekend, and and then kick back at night, probably watch a movie, which is probably exactly what I'm gonna do today. So, <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, Collectivo, mm. the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, Stone Creek is my favorite, but I like Stone Creek. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I used to work at Starbucks. Um, Never like Starbucks. Uh, Pike Place is gross, dude. Like, the medium roast at Starbucks tastes like burnt ass. Yeah, I just don't really care. <laughs> Everything's like either too sweet or too bitter. Yeah. And it's not, yeah. Yeah, like I do miss some drinks there, but like mostly like the like the teas and stuff. But yeah, yeah, I, I like I never go to Starbucks anymore. Yeah. I mean, I pers I live with the Folgers in my fucking kitchen right there. So like that's a Folgers man. <laughs> yes, quite. Yeah, pick it up at the River West Sunrise and oh, I'm yeah. set. Yeah, man. So uh, so what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk uh, love and fear, passion and creativity, and we've been uh, connected on social media for a while, but this is our first time like meeting in person. Uh, I've seen a lot of your work over the last couple of years. Uh, first person to actually tell me about you uh, was uh, Haley Schultz, who is one of my good friends. Hopefully uh, she only said nice things. Oh, the best things. <laughs> uh, she actually, she was one of my regulars at Starbucks in Sherwood. That's how I, that's how I met her. I used to make her drinks and she was like, oh yeah, like I, I go to a lot of like EDM shows and, and stuff the Miramar and like she mentioned you like and she mentioned Aaron, shout out to Aaron Olson. Um, but yeah, uh, so I've been familiar with you for a while, but I'm interested in hearing all about, you know, everything about like uh, Lex Martin Presents and everything up to the present. So I guess to start, I'd love to hear a little bit about your own background. Like oh boy. how you got into the industry. <sighs> Man, that's such a huge question. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's crazy because like, obviously like as a kid, I never really planned, you know, to be a concert promoter like yeah. it's kind of a random thing to fall into and it's you know overall kind of a difficult industry to break into altogether where are you from uh, i'm from brookfield okay sure um so yeah not too far went to uh, school at uwm uh graduated with a double major in economics and philosophy and nice. um you know like at the time like 
my motivation was, you know, economics, like businessy, that'll get me a job, philosophy's yeah. interesting, you know, oh, like yeah. whatever. But I graduated and like there's no jobs for either of those majors. <laughs> like that's yeah. that was preposterous. Right. Like that was, I got I got screwed, you know. So. Then, if anything yeah, if anything like you uh, become masterful in understanding like yeah, existential dread. I, yeah, I, I'm wiser, you know, <laughs> yeah. but like the broken you know, systems and everything. Yeah, yeah. The debt that I incurred, you know, isn't like <laughs> isn't oh, yeah. worth it. But Here at any are. rate, so you know, I, I was kind of after like looking for jobs and not really finding anything real and kind of just working retail, you know, I kind of had to take things in my own hands and at the time, um, you know, I was going to a lot of shows and stuff mm -hmm. and uh, you know kind of seemed like the next obvious thing would be to start like helping promote them and yeah. you know get some free entry and stuff and right. I did that um, and that was like like I kind of started getting involved in the Milwaukee music scene right when React Presents first started getting involved in uh, Wisconsin mm -hmm. and uh, so I was the first person they brought on their street team I hustled really hard like harder than all my peers and just was always like really hustling, working hard, yeah. and um, you know, kept adding more responsibilities and just kind of kept growing over the years until eventually, you know, I was helping book shows and then eventually um, I replaced my, my boss and mentor and, uh, you know, took control of React Wisconsin and uh, that was great. Um, and then a bunch of um, things went down with React Presents. Uh, you know, I won't really get into it, but there was a shuffle of their leadership. Um, they lost the founders and uh, it was basically just this corporate entity then um, and you know I was already pretty uh, kind of one f foot out the door because I wasn't you know like I really respected the people that started React um, and I've always really looked up to them and you know they've given me all the chances in the world to do what I do now and so like you know when they were no longer with the company I was already kind of like not really feeling it and then um, Basically, right after that, the uh, corporate had all the talent buyers write off this little one-sheeter describing the state of, you know, our part of the market. For me, it was Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And I basically laid it all out and, um, you know, it was kind of just like I, you know, because Wisconsin's always been kind of the forgotten market. So it's kind of like, you know, I need your support or you need to let me do my own thing. Yeah. And, you know, either way, I'd be perfectly happy. You know, like sure. if they smart me more, great. If not, and I get to do my own thing, that's great. So, yeah, they got back to me and were like, yeah, you know. Wisconsin market's just not really like worth that investment in our opinion. Um, so you're free to do your own thing if you want, and you know we sure. just remain allies. And uh, so that's what I did. And you know, like literally that night, I like registered my LLC, bought Damn. my domain name, and you know, Lex Martin Presents was a thing. Um, which you know, the the name itself that was from Aaron Olson. I was just like, you know, a name he started calling me Lex Martin, just you know, chop the ends of my yeah. name off and it, like work perfect. And uh, we always kind of joked that like someday it'd be Lex Martin presents, and then like one day the opportunity was there. I was like, okay, well, I guess this is it. And so I ran with it, and uh, now here I am today. You know, and year one was very successful um, doing the Lex Martin presents thing. You know, it really like felt good. Um, you know, having my name on it and really taking ownership for everything I'm doing, and. Uh, you know, of course, the other benefit was, you know, with React, most of the money that I'd make up here got sent down to Chicago to disappear into a corporate black hole. Um, but now it was all staying local, you know, and like I could actually use that money to like grow things. Um, and so, yeah, probably around like the one year mark was when, you know, I was kind of getting, I don't want to say bored, but, you know, like it's just like doing the grind, just booking the shows and growing mm -hmm. them, just like whatever. And, you know, like I wasn't really like feeling like I was growing or learning that much anymore, mm -hmm. um, which are two things that I really, you know, deeply value um, and it was, so yeah it was right around that time then that uh, 
Sam Anderson, Wolf Biter. Yeah. Um, He'll be here in a couple weeks, actually. Oh, perfect. Uh, I love that guy. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. He, um, I forget what show it was at, but he, like, you know, came up to me and was like, you know, I was wondering if you'd be interested in managing me. And, you know, I'd never considered artist management ever. And I really, like, I was pretty adamant that I never wanted to get into it just because it seemed like a grind I just wasn't interested in. But when he asked me, I was like, man, like, this guy needs it, he deserves it. You know, and I would love to like help him. You know, like I know I have connections that can make it happen, and um, so yeah. Then that started the Lex management thing, um, and it's been really, it's been a lot of fun, and like it's yeah. definitely really helped him. It's really helped me. It's been great just having like new stuff to do, um, totally. some of course some passion too, and then um, you know kept that rolling, and then of course uh, just added Mumby, um, who young guy that's just killing yeah. it right now. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, yeah, and then I just started that record label kind of recently, uh, just because it kind of seemed like it fit in with everything else, you know, particularly as I can get it going, to have content coming out from like artists that are going to be playing shows that are coming up, you know, it'll be it's good like cross promo. and So stuff. you have something there for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. So it just kind of just made sense. And so yeah, here I am. Just totally. Just pretending to do a thing, you know, it's kind <laughs> right. of crazy. Life's, life's Dude, like yeah. The <laughs> name is like a brand, you know, yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. I'm on flyers and <laughs> shit. <laughs> I, yeah, I will say like, you know, because like I'm not a musician, so like I never got to have my name on a flyer like that. Oh, but yeah. as a promoter to have your name on the flyer, totally. it's good. Like when I look at every flyer and it says Lex up in the corner. I'm like, totally. Oh yeah, every time I, totally, just, like every time I look yeah, at right? this, like, like how the fuck did this happen? Who <laughs> let me have this? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> How did this happen? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, but it's reaffirming to know, like, that, you know, so many people that are already, like, tenured artists in the scene, like, you know, they value you for what you do and yeah. the shows you've booked and, like, you know, the, the work that you put in, like, navigating the industry and stuff. So it's cool that you're building Lex Martin as something that caters to a lot of different, like, artists but also people that you know are trying to like get their you know uh start in the industry or you know go to good shows and everything yeah yeah i mean you know it's it's weird because like you know the only reason that i you know i feel like there's there's two types of people in the music industry there's like the clout chasers and there's people who are just like truly passionate about it absolutely yeah you know and like they can both find success they can both like ways to do it you know but like for me, it's like, you know, particularly in the React days where I was like really behind the scenes, you know, like now I'm like really put myself out there and I'm really glad that people have accepted it so much with the Lex Martin thing. But, you know, for me, it's always just been like just doing what I love and being passionate yeah. about it. And luckily, you know, that attracts a lot of other passionate people, whether it's artists or promoters or whatever, you know, and it's just like mm-hmm. it all kind of like falls together and everybody works together nicely and stuff. And I'm just like really fortunate that like. You know, Wisconsin has a great music scene. Like, there's really a yeah, deep yeah. sense of community here that doesn't exist elsewhere, where people that are passionate about it are accepted, and it's not just like yeah. a popularity contest of a bunch of clout chasers right. like, trying to like be the cool guy throwing shows. Um, right, which you would get in like a much bigger yeah, city like, like Chicago. Exactly. Like yeah. markets like that, it's just you know the, those people, the clout chasers, tend to be you know the sharks and snakes that are really difficult to work with. Oh yeah, you know, it's just. We don't have a lot of that here, and so it's been very nice. Right, and like, those that the good people can thrive exactly, <laughs> and those that that do that, like they get 
yeah, they called get, out, held accountable, yeah, like yeah, weaned out easily. Exactly. Like there's, you know, specific venues around here that people are very, very vocal about. Oh, not yes. Oh, yes. I'm basically exactly such reasons. I'm familiar. <laughs> like, I, like, I, I mean, I, I uh, freelance right on the music scene for breaking and entering. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, you, you learn quickly that, um, you know, there's people like some rooms and they don't like others. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, there's very vocal about it. Yeah. <laughs> like there's definitely, you learn quickly that, you know, depending on the demeanor of the artists on stage and those that go, to the shows frequently and go and support their friends and go and support the like you know the local talent and everything like you can you you can see who's really truly about it and yeah. who's there just to party and fuck around yeah and, yeah like and uh, yeah like I've I've met some really great folks that have been so like you know that are just genuinely interested in what you do yeah um, I just did a uh, my first um, live podcast actually I got invited to the Hive um, with uh, Mo. And like uh, Kelsey from Rebel yeah, Squid, nice. and those are great folks over yeah. there, best friends. <laughs> yeah, shout out Good to people. best friends. Those are the <laughs> best guys. Um, yeah, but yeah, man, absolutely, I agree. So, um, uh, so you went to a lot of local shows, and that eventually sparked your like, um, like the initiative where you would start helping promote shows. What kind of shows were you going to? Like, what were some of like? Well, what did you look forward to? Well, so like. Way back in the day, um, I was really like you know like reggae and ska and stuff like that. Nice. Um, but you know, there's not a big scene for that around here. Mm-hmm. So it was like if there was a show, I'd go to it. You know, but it wasn't that often. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, honestly, like the turning point for me was Casper uh, and Rusco's Fabric Live '37, which bridged the gap for me from like reggae and dub into dubstep. And yeah, like, right. You know that changed my life. And then I saw Rusco at the Smart Bar. Um, in Chicago. What year was that? 2009. Damn. December 2009. Oh, shit, <laughs> Yeah. That's, yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, that show changed my life. Yeah. I was like, this is so cool. I could right. do this every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I think my first, like, real show at the Miramar was probably Mimosa, maybe like Beats Antique or something back mm-hmm. in, like, 2010. And Beats and Teak is so underrated, dude. Oh, yeah. They're so They're great. so good. Yeah. And, yeah, like, from there it was like, okay, well, this is a lot of fun. I'm going to keep going to shows. And so mm-hmm. it was always, you know, electronic, generally bass music. Um, mm-hmm. And, and yeah, just kind of, like, picked up steam from there. And I, like, started doing promo work with um, Milwaukee Noise Collective for a little while. And uh, who was the other one? They're not even around anymore. Um, bass culture Milwaukee. Oh, okay, sure. Um, and yeah, so yeah, I was doing a lot of just like street team stuff for them, and, mm-hmm. and that's where it kind of I, went from there. Awesome. What was your first show as Lex Martin Presents? Um, so, so the first show that happened was uh, Ehide um, back in May 2018 with Miramar. Oh, well. Um, and, but the first show that like I booked as Lex Martin Presents, like the very first offer that I sent on my Lex Martin Presents offer sheets was Caspa. Mm. And that was the first one to confirm as Lex Martin Presents. That had to be like and such a like it felt good. surreal, like it felt real good. Amazing. You know? like, particularly yeah. like the whole full circle thing. Yeah, right. He and Rusco were like, you know, what started it for me. And then to have that offer be the first one I sent as you know, an independent promoter. And uh, that's you know, so dope. Dude. Stuff. Yeah, I was like, Fuck yeah, yeah, hell yeah, that was good. Totally, that's that's badass. And you know, it felt good that like, you know, 
eight months later or whatever, I got to book Brusco then. Yeah, right. In uh, January at uh, the Miramar, like, yeah, that was, got, got both those guys. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, like that, dude, that's, that's like super cool that, um, you know, the artists that put you on to like, that kind of pretty much set you on like this direction, yeah. like you were able to bring in as, as part of, you know, your, like, as part of what you're doing. That's, dude, that's like a dream come true. Yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy because like, you know, I, I work with a lot of artists and I'm like literally never starstruck by any of them. You know, like they're all just really regular yeah. people okay. going to work, you know, oh, yeah. and same. And so right. like, it's fine. But I will say both Casper and Rusko, it was like hard to like, you yeah. know, maintain. But luckily like they're both like such just totally chill, nice guys. Like, it, mm. like you know, the starstruckness like faded and like, you yeah. know. I've Casper learned. Is my boy. Yeah, Very hell yeah, dude. Shout <laughs> to Casper and Russell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I feel that definitely too. Like uh, because I interview so many artists out here, like that kind of has helped sort of um, kind of adapt to like not being starstruck and just kind of like yeah, like you know, humanizing everybody. Yeah. Like not seeing, not kind of like approaching somebody with like you know this huge pedestal, but just acknowledging that you love what they do and that you know and that yeah they're just another human being yeah, that does exactly. this because they yeah, love it and that's th like yeah I I've definitely like gotten used to like not like you know fanboying yeah stuff. yeah it's funny you know like when we do like meet and greets or something like sometimes you have like fans who are like really gushing on the artist and, yeah. you know and it's like you know I don't know it's, just, it's not necessary most artists are just really normal people oh, right. like you know they it's almost like more awkward if you gush. Like, oh yeah, treat like a normal person. They'll treat you like a normal person. Everybody's chill. You know? Yeah, like, it's totally. not... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I I want to know the like the most recent like good movie they just saw or something. Yeah, like that you know like base. Get them to talk about their life. Exactly. Yeah, not right. just like totally. I used to live right next to the Miramar. Um, I used to live above the Black Rose. Nice. Um, and we. Actually, the first show I ever helped book was at the Miramar. Uh, it was on September 21st, 2017. And, uh, man, that, that was, like, it was just, it was life-changing. Mm -hmm. Like, because, like, the Miramar, like, it's such a, like, it's such a, like, localized venue. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, all my, like, I went to UWM, too. And, like, all my friends lived on the east side. Everyone could just walk to the Miramar. Yeah. Like, it's just in the middle of everything, yeah. and everyone goes to the Black Rose already anyway. Rest in peace, the Black yeah. Rose. Um, but, yeah, like, it was just having, like, all my friends in one place to, like, you know, attend an event that we worked really hard to promote and that we, you know, we brought King Louie uh, from Chicago to perform, and we brought, like, some friends that we worked with in Chicago to perform, as well as, like, we had Wave Chappelle on the bill. Like, it was... I remember that show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was almost like a glimpse of what like I really like it was a glimpse of what I saw myself doing. Like, you know, what I genuinely took joy in was bringing people together, yeah. like helping put to curating events and That's what it's all about. Exactly. Man. Yeah, That's what it's you get all it. about. Right, dude. I think that of anything in the world, and I do mean pretty much anything, nothing brings people together better than music. You know, Absolutely. like you can, there's something really great about throwing a big show and seeing people from all walks of life, you know, all different ages, mm -hmm. you know, male, female, 
different political affiliations and backgrounds and everything, and they all come together, and none of that matters for that while. You know, even if they're totally different people, they all share this vibe together, have mm-hmm. a great time. You know, and like, like that's great. Exactly, that is what it's all about. Totally, it needs more music. Right. Oh, <laughs> I, I exactly like I. Um, I got into the live music experience from going to Lollapalooza every year. Like, I'm from Chicago, so like I used to go. It was like my friends and I's like thing we would do every year. Like, <laughs> even at a college, you know, <laughs> we would like reunite and go every year together. And like that was when like I would go to my first raves. My first rave was mm. Martin Garrix. Oh boy. <laughs> Aragon Ballroom. Oh my god. That was like I'd never sweat so much in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, I remember Did you ever s- go to the Congress while you're down there? I didn't actually. Yeah, that was a shithole. No, that no. Was, you know, before the Aragon was like heavily used for electronic music, oh, okay. the Congress was the spot. And oh. it was, you know, just Horribly run down oh, and damn. run by, you know, their security is a bunch of ex Chicago cops who like mm. lost their jobs and stuff. Like, oh wow! So they were extra rough, and you know, the place was just horrible. <laughs> and eventually got shut down, thankfully. Oh yeah. Now there's like rumors of it. You know, some someone bought it or something. They're fixing it up and we'll reopen it. But interesting. That was a spot. And it used to get hot in there. Like oh, they had yeah. no ventilation whatsoever. Yeah. And it was just dude. Yeah, like every just everyone's you know. Sweat and like you know, and you just sweat through everything. <laughs> everyone's sweat and like you know, heat just like radiating off each other into this giant must like just musty bubble. <laughs> yeah. Um, and not to mention you know like all like the yeah like all like the smoke machines and the confetti that just like sticks to you yeah. as you're jumping off, jumping <laughs> up and down like you know. Just like losing it, it was. I mean, it was a ton of fun. I mean, I don't. I don't like go to that stuff anymore. But like, you know, some of the most fun live music experiences have been EDM shows. Like, also at also at the Aragon, I saw Major Lazer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Calvin Harris also like was one of the best. He's one of the honestly. I think he's one of the best EDM performers ever. Yeah, I agree. I mean, a lot of those big guys. You know, people trash talk them because they're like mainstream or whatever but like the way they got there is because they're really talented oh yeah you know and like they throw a great show oh yes <laughs> right no like, totally. absolutely you know like for example like i don't ever listen to tiesto but like i've seen him a handful of times great time every single time oh, yeah like, i've had a, just some great right. times at the show totally <laughs> yeah oh absolutely like um and then uh, you know i've i remember having a ton of fun at excision <laughs> uh like i'm like I, I just I love when artists just like take elements of like different like s- like jo- stylistic genres and stuff yeah. and incorporate it into Great. something that like has like a sensible pop appeal. Yeah, and Excision does a great job of that because it's like literally like robots having seizures. And shit. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, like um, and like yeah, man. Um, I mean, I like I don't listen to a ton of like electronic dance music like on my own time, but it is like the it's the live fun like inclu- all inclusive and just yeah. you know positive atmosphere that it cultivates every time, and that's like a lot of my like I have a lot of friends that go to like that go to festivals like year round, like they travel around the country going to festivals i have friends that follow bass nectar around everywhere you know like i and they they have friends from all over the country yeah you know and people that are like people that they've like you know fostered real 
friendships, like lasting friendships yeah. because of this culture of like that live music of, yeah. of color and visual and uh, laughter and just like, you know, just an unforgettable experience. Yeah. I will say, you know, all music brings people together a lot, you know, and that's the magic of it. But electronic music in particular really has a sense of community to it that like a lot of other genres don't really have, you know, or you can have like friends all over the country just because, you know, you met them at this one show and, you know, you're really connected with them. And yeah. Like, right. Now that you're friends and, you know, you guys go to the same festival every year and blah, 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 you know, like that doesn't happen like so much in like the hip hop world and stuff. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like yeah. it's the other genres still bring people together, but there's like a, a deep, deeply rooted sense of community in yeah. the electronic side yeah. of things. Dude, one of my good friends is getting married at Electric Forest next year. Oh, <laughs> yeah. and I, I have to go. I like I can't yeah. not go to that. You know. Have you been to Electric Forest? I haven't. Oh, it's, it's really great. I've so I've you heard. Know. I've heard it's like the one that a lot of my friends like they can't resist every year. Yeah, it's like I would say, you know, like there's certain festivals that once you go to it once, you kind of feel compelled to go every year. Mm -hmm. Electric Forest is probably one of the easiest to attend that are like that. You know, some others that are like, you know, have that same sense of like, I need to keep going are like Shambhala, um, which is kind of difficult because it's in Canada in the middle of nowhere and yeah. like it's a whole thing, but it's a great festival. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, Burning Man, which likewise, you know, it's in the middle of the desert, it's really difficult, yeah. but like, it's a great festival. Electric Forest is nice because it's like so accessible, mm -hmm. but it's a great festival. Totally. Like you can tell the passion of the people that organize it you know, it bleeds through in the experience yeah. and like, you know, like they're not clout chasers. Right. There's yeah. <laughs> people throwing a great totally, festival yeah. and they've been doing it for many years. Yes. <laughs> right. And you know, they, they do it out of that. Like they do it for the love of right, music. That yeah. yearning for those to share that, you know, connection, that community that yeah. you can't find anywhere else. Um, so what have what have been some other like of your like your favorite shows that you've booked as Lex Martin presents? <sighs> Ones that stick shows, out, perhaps. yeah. Um, boy, I mean, there's a lot that I really like and have had a lot of fun with. You know, some that kind of stand out just off the top of my head right now. You know, I, Dirt Monkey in Madison at the Majestic was a really great show. Oh, cool. Um, that was one of those where like ticket sales were like pretty mediocre until like day of, and then we sold like you know, over 50% of the tickets that wow. day and it sold out for doors open. And like those kind of shows are like really special because like as a promoter, you're really stressful. Some, you know, stressed out sometimes about, you know, tickets and is it going to do well? Am I going to lose money tonight? And then when it all pulls together at the last second, it's like a huge sigh of relief and party time. And, like, yeah. It's a really fun yeah. show. And like, I love dirt monkey. Like Patrick's a good dude. And, like, mm -hmm. just, Always had a lot of fun. So yeah, that was a good one. Um, and of course, you know, Casper and Rusko are both like really great shows. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Jaws stands out and Jaws is dope. Seven Lions, yeah. like both, both of those are crazy. Dude, there's a line. TikTok of me uh, that has like 50k views on my friend's account of <laughs> me like dancing and going crazy to a Jaws bass drum. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Palooza in 2016, but Jaws is yeah, he's a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah, and then some other ones. Um, you know, I had like um, Whittler, Prophet, and Smith at the Miramar, like last fall really all the like old school dubstep things that both like all rank pretty high in my mind it's like that's really what i vibe with totally. you know i'm not really into like the aggressive dubstep so much i can enjoy it but you know i love good old school dubstep yeah and, like also i guess another one that really stands out in mind was peekaboo um at the miramar that was 
that was wild. Like when I booked him, I honestly like I'd seen his name, you know. Yeah. Kind of, but like he was really fresh, and his agent was like, "Trust me, like this will be a good one." And it was like it sold out. You know, we we only had like two or three weeks of promo time mm-hmm. um, before the show. You know, between like announcing like it happening, and it sold out in advance, and like was just a great show, and yeah. like that was another really good one. Oh, that's tight. Do you like so? Do you only? Like, where are the, all the venues that you book at? Uh, so in Milwaukee, um, it's pretty much the Miramar and Turner Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, through Turner, like you know, with the Paps guys, like I could book anything at any of their venues. But like a lot of electronic music is just not nearly popular enough in Wisconsin yeah. to like do well, their bigger venues. Do you know uh, Kit and Parker? Oh yeah, yeah. Shout out to Kit and Parker, yeah. <laughs> my boys. <laughs> I know they're really into that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Kit was my assistant for a while. Oh sure. Um, yeah, yeah. He he's a big us. He sun squabby. Yeah, he <laughs> loves sun squabby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. Totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so that's in Milwaukee. Oh, and then of course uh, Wisconsin Center. Mm-hmm. Um, that's key. That's got some good times there. Mm-hmm. Um, then Madison, uh, the Annex, the Majestic, um, and like you know, coupled in with the Majestic, I've kind of tried doing stuff at High Noon Saloon, um, but things have always just fallen toward the Majestic instead. Um, but all those like FPC live venues again, like have access to, but like not a lot of acts can do more than you know 600 tickets sure, in Wisconsin. Yeah. So um, it's been kind of limited in that regard. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, so that's it. Um, Annex and Majestic, mostly Madison and uh, Miramar and Turner Hall in Milwaukee. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. What? Are, totally. Uh, so, excuse me. What? Uh, what are some some of the shows? I know you have some of them coming up. Uh, what yeah. Are some, what are ones you got lined up that you're excited for? So, um, you know, this week we've got DMVU and Taboo at the Miramar um, Saturday on uh, Leap Day. And uh, that's going to be great. Like, both those guys, like, crush and, like, like, their music is just, it's that good, weird, vibey, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, then, what, after that, uh, Blunts and Blondes at Turner Hall. Um, that's going to be a good one. He's got Baldy and Sub Doctor with him. Um, and then after that, Kill Paris at the Miramar, which is going to be a really good one. Right. I love Kill Paris. Nice. And, um, I'm going to have to check some of these out. Like, yeah, I, I got to... Hit me up. I got you on guest list. Please do. <laughs> yeah, Let me know. Yeah. Anytime you want to go to. That'd be super tight. Um, and then, uh, what, I have something at the... Oh, yeah, Boogie T and, and uh, Boogie Trio oh, at uh, Majestic and Madison. That'll be good. Nice. And then... Real low key, not announced yet, and we're still kind of pinning the exact date. But uh, we've got a, a Wolfbiter headline show coming up at Miramar sometime soon. It's gonna be good. Stay tuned. Support your boy. We'll see you there. <laughs> awesome, man. So, I guess like I'm, I'm gonna ask you because like I mean obviously like you, you know, listen to this kind of this realm of music and I hear this term getting thrown around so much and I need to understand like what exactly it is. What the hell is rhythm? And why do people hate it so much? So rhythm, um, it's basically it falls within like your dubstep, there's like kind of chill dubstep and then there's like, you know, all the aggressive stuff. And rhythm falls within the aggressive stuff. This, yeah, the stuff you specified and, you don't care for. Yeah. And you know, it's particularly like repetitive and um, you know, specifically like the artists they do this thing called chopping rhythm, which is where you'll have like multiple rhythm tracks playing on your CDJs and then use the mixer and you like chop between 
different you know tracks and uh, you know if everything's lined up nicely because it all kind of sounds the same you can kind of just make it into like a whole new beat but like you know people don't like it because it um, there's just not a lot of like melody to it or you know <laughs> classic you know music structure um, some of it is you know some people like you know Boogie T for example has made some really quality rhythm but I think the problem with rhythm as a whole and why some people hate on it is because at its core it's so simple to make that anybody makes it and so a lot of local producers will be like yeah I make rhythm and you know there's really no like you know song structure in it at all then it's just kind of like a beat that's like noise that just kind of repeats and um it's kind of like meanders yeah it's just kind of like an abrasive noise and yeah. you know and so like it's just you know i see a lot of people are just bored with it i think and I when it's done well it's cool but sure. you know it's just kind of like very overdone yeah in yeah. my opinion hey <laughs> some so people will probably argue the opposite i definitely enough, but <laughs> yeah i definitely get yeah you know i'll see that that word thrown around and people sort of like mock it a ton and you know i always see like the laugh reacts on like post set involved rhythms so, yeah yeah it's yeah. you know like i i personally like i like all genres there's no genre i, I don't like you know, it's all about finding the right artists in any genre, yeah. you know, because there's going to be quality acts for anything. So, like, there's plenty of good rhythm out there, but I just think it's so overdone and, like, overplayed. It reminds me a lot of a few years ago when trap was the big thing, right. and it was, like, way overdone. Suddenly, everybody's making trap, and, like, everyone wants to make... sounded the same, and it was just, yeah. like, lame, and it was just, like, I was kind of over it. And then everybody got back into dubstep, and oh, so yeah. I kind of feel like that's where we're at with rhythm, where it's, like... It's been a few years now. Everybody's been making it. Yeah. The big names have kind of stopped making it. Right. It's still there, and you know, it's just like it'll always be there. But you know, its popularity definitely seems to be waning a little bit. Sure. I mean, granted, there are some giant acts right now that are very active with rhythm, so like it's not dead by any means. But you know, as far as like everybody making it, it's a little overdone. Mm -hmm. It's probably starting to fade a little bit. I see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember when original Don first. Oh, came man. I remember that when was that a, first drop. Yeah, Jesus, that was a great song. Yeah, it was, <laughs> sure was dude. Like that was, was my senior. Yeah, that was my senior year of high school. Man. and like my friends and I, like that song. That was like anthemic. Yeah, dude. That's God. I and it was for so many other yeah, people. Yeah, like it was like you'd hear it every show, basically. Yeah, like everybody would get down. That mm -hmm. was those were the days. That yeah. was when Trap was really at its peak. Yeah, right. Yeah. When Flostradamus was really good. And yeah, <laughs> absolutely, for sure. Well, uh, so what are you, um, what are some uh, goals that um, you have, uh, personal goals, career-oriented uh, for the rest of the year? And I guess, like, what do you want to see more of in terms of, like, you know, Milwaukee's, like, EDM and club scene? Well, um, boy, that's a good question. Um you know, personal goals, uh, you know, sounds kind of basic, but it's very real. Survival, you know, like, as an independent promoter and, you know, an entrepreneur, you want to see your business thrive and you want to make it to the next year, you know, and that's always, you know, like, yeah, things are fine right now, but you just never know, you know, like, things could take a turn for the worse, ticket sales could really start to really take a nosedive yeah. and, you know, suddenly you're not making it to the end of the year. So, like, mm -hmm. main goal, make it, yep. um, you know. Absolutely. Assuming that I continue to make it, though, um, you know, 
really just to continue to grow. I'd like to, you know, this year I've been doing a little more in Madison than I did last year, and I like that. I want to continue to nice. do that. Um, you know, and I'd really like to get some more out-of-state shows going. Um, you know, it's kind of, I should have made moves on it already, but I didn't. But, like, I really want to do something in Miami for Miami Music Week, awesome. um, which is in March. So I wouldn't be able to do it this year, but, like, next year for sure. Um, which last year I like met this promoter down there who does some stuff at some venues and whatever. And so I would really like to work with him, like do something cool in Miami. Um, you know, kind of just get the name and the brand out there more. Not even so much for the general public, but um, you know, from like an industry aspect. And my other uh, goal is you know kind of on the artist management front. Um, you know, Wolfbiter has really been slaying it, and so I'd really like to uh, you know make sure he's got a. Uh, you know, busy summer festival season coming up. Mm -hmm. um, last year he played Spring Awakening in North Coast. Amazing. Um, which was huge, you know. And so, yeah, I want to keep keep doing that thing, um, you know, and grow Mumby some more as well. And, you know, by the end of the year, I'd definitely like to have at least one more artist on my roster. Mm -hmm. If not two, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to rush it. I don't want to sure. add people for the sake of adding people. So it's like, it's got to be somebody that, like, I really vibe with and I really, you know, vibe with their music and, you know, I see the vision, yeah. share the vision. Um, so hopefully I can find, you know, another couple of those by the end of the year. Um, and yeah, that's, I think that's basically it for the goals, you know, basically just continue to help, you know, keep the Miramar thriving, you know, that yeah. it's, it's an honor to book shows there. It's, you know, approaching 120 years old and yeah. it's like, you know, it's crazy to think that what we're doing right now, you know, it's just the latest chapter in a book of promoters doing things at that yeah. little venue on the east side, you know, that has been a hot spot for the young adults of, of the east side of Milwaukee for yeah. over a hundred years. <laughs> I see it, yeah, like, I remember Aaron, like, posted, like, uh, like, a, like, a historic picture of the mirror. Yeah. Like, which is so, like, it's so incredible to see like that just evolution of place yeah yeah so you know i find it particularly fascinating like the history of that venue and really all the area venues but most of the miramar oh, yeah. um and so there's i would say probably once every few months um when i'm just like up late you know doing whatever i'll be like digging online for old photos and like i definitely like the photos they supposed to were all like found by me i definitely have like the the biggest collection of old Miramar photos of, there, there can't be anybody that has more photos than I do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just like find it so fascinating to look back at them because, you know, so much has changed and yet so little has changed. Yeah. You know, when you look at the room and like, it still looks the same. Yeah. You know, it's like a little more run down today than it was then, but like, it's the same thing with tons of people and, you know, music and, you know, stuff and, mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just like, it's really cool, really fascinating to, to look back on that. Like, yeah. I wish I, there was some way that I could go back in time and experience those mm -hmm. previous events there, or meet the old owners or promoters or, you know, whatever. Because, yeah, it's just, I find it fascinating how, you know, like we're, it's almost like we're all family. Everybody's been involved in Miramar's history, you know, like we've all dealt with the exact same things, whether it's, you know, the rats in the Miramar. We've right. all had to deal with it. I, yeah. I did kind of recently connect with, uh, the guy who owned the Miramar back in the late 70s, early 80s, um, when it was the Metropole nightclub. Um, and he was wow. busy with some art exhibit that he was doing at the time out in Cali, so we haven't been able to like 
talk more, but you know, it's just interesting even hearing his like <coughs> few sentences response to me. Um, you know, like, oh yeah, the Miramar, you know, and, like yeah, I could, like, I could, you know, see in the words the, you know, there's definitely a sense of passion as well as a sense of loss. You know, like mm -hmm. at some point, you know, he, his shows weren't doing well enough, and he had to, you know give up the Miramar and you know like I can, I'm sure that was a struggle but yeah. at the same time like he definitely had a great you know a lot of great shows and great times there and you know it's like looking back it's been like that throughout the whole Miramar history mm -hmm. totally passed from hands to hands to hands yeah. to hands to hands right. to hands everybody doing their best to keep that ship afloat you yeah. know there been a few times where it was you know closed shut down for so long that it was almost demolished and has always managed to at the last second someone saves it and um, so yeah, it's just it's, it's cool to be a part of that. And it's been a persecuted landmark. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Like I've only been to a couple shows at the Miramar, but like yeah, like I said, like yeah, that I remember it was just such a like it held such a special place in my heart. Like being able to like book a show there, and that like would eventually like you know. You know, we just felt so good doing it and it would eventually make us want to start doing so much more in terms of like the music scene and and like <clears throat> um yeah and something I think is really cool this is just like personally like I, I, I think it's super cool to see bands or artists on that you know from Spotify that you found on your own accord and seeing them play a local venue yeah. like that like I saw Boombox played there a couple uh, yeah. months ago and I remember getting into them uh, like my freshman year of college, and I thought they were so cool. It's like wow, they're playing the Miramar, and the Palm Death is playing yeah. in April, and like that's like a oh an acclaimed metal band. Like I mean, as far as like you know, incredible acts to see there, man. Like I saw Insane Clown Posse there. Oh yeah, I, like, I remember hearing that, that show from my incredible. apartment. Yeah, like yeah. That, you know. I, like I've never been a fan of ICP, but I respect those guys immensely because you know they built everything themselves. Like they are essentially the Grateful Dead of that scene. Yeah. You know, and like they, you know, no label would sign them, so they started their own label, and now they've got you know, 150 acts on their oh, label. Yeah. You know, like it's crazy. Like those guys totally. have been crushing it, and to, seeing them at the Miramar was crazy because oh, like I've always been aware of ICP, you know, and never thought I'd see them. You know, like because I'm not going to go to. Did so, you guys put like tarps all over? Yeah, so they, it's funny because like, you know, you can tell it's not their first rodeo because they know what they're doing since they're spraying Vago everywhere. So yeah, they cover everything in plastic um, and then they specifically use uh, the sugar-free Fago, so it's not sticky. And they use the root beer Fago um, because the smell doesn't like leave like a sweet, you know, fruity, sickly smell. Yeah. It's like, like the root beer really fades away easily. Um, and yeah, it's nice. everything's wrapped up in plastic, nice. and they do the thing, and then yeah, there's yeah. you know two inches of standing fago on the floor at the right. end that they vacuum with the shop vacs. And, oh wow! And hey, yeah, as long as they, up. as long as they're holding themselves accountable, yeah, you know, like cleaning up all their shit, then they can fucking yeah, yeah, do it all. It was an incredible show though. That's so if you awesome. ever get the opportunity, man. Like I, I actually highly recommend it because like they threw a great show. Like it was a lot of fun. I like. Feel like I totally understand now. Like, yeah, why people yeah. are into them. Yeah. It's not my flavor of music, but right. I would really like to go to the gathering of the Juggalos now because, oh, like, yeah, nice. that would be crazy. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's also like, like you know, you know, the movie The Room. Yeah. With Tommy Wiseau. It's yeah. like same thing with that. It's like you have to experience it. Yeah. And specifically experiencing it, 
in a, like seeing it at a theater. Yeah. Like I saw I saw the room at the Oriental when Tommy was actually in town to like host the show <laughs> and I got to meet him wow. I got to like actually have an autograph to headshot of him on my bowl <laughs> that's cool <laughs> like yeah but it's such a cultural thing yeah. you know everyone throws plastic spoons around everywhere like it's, <laughs> people are just chanting the whole time like I feel like ICP would be a similar yes. spectacle. You it's know, a cultural exactly. thing. Exactly. Like you can, you know, listen to them on Spotify, but you're not really going to get it. Right. But when you see them in their element, doing their thing, yeah. the thing that's made them famous for 30 years, or yeah, now, like it's it's really incredible. Yeah. They're, they're genuinely talented dudes up there, mm-hmm. like causing a ruckus. Yeah. But, you know, it's like it's a fun yeah. ruckus. <laughs> of course. I also know that you guys book a lot of uh, the, the the Mondo's house. Oh yeah, yeah. Shout out to DJ Mondo because yeah. his dude, his, him and Dose are it. so much fun. Yeah. I like every like I love every time I see Mondo. Um, great. He's a really really nice dude, and like his shows are yeah, really fun. Yeah. He, Throws crazy parties. Yes, you know, like it's does. very consistent. Like he also knows what he's doing. Too. Yeah, hell yeah, man. All right, Alex. All right, all right, uh, <laughs> dude. This is awesome getting to to talk to you about uh, all things uh, Lex Martin presents, Lex Rex, Lex Management. It's been my pleasure, man. It's yeah. been a lot of fun. It sure has been. So tell me, uh, Alex, what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Um, my own insomnia. All right. Oh yeah, dude. I had the worst insomnia last yeah. night. Actually, I just I never want to go to bed. That's the yeah. thing. Once I'm in bed, I don't want to get out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At night, it's like for some reason music sounds better. The internet yeah. is more enjoyable. Things are more fascinating. Your thoughts make and, more yeah, sense. It's like suddenly it's six a.m. and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, not again. I gotta go to bed. The birds. I hear the birds yeah, chirping. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, man. That's right. Yeah. What uh, puts you to sleep? What puts me to sleep? Um. Man, these are some tough questions right at the end. <laughs> Throws people off guard sometimes. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I guess what puts me to sleep is just, you know, when I know that everything is going well in our music scene. You know, there's not any drama, community is active, people are enjoying good music, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I've got good shows coming up. That's nice. Yeah. I go to bed resting easy. Right. <laughs> Love it, man. Absolutely. Thanks Hell for being yeah. on the show, dude. Appreciate you, man. This is awesome. All right. Check out uh, check out Luxmart Presents, all the exciting, cool shit that they've got booked coming up. Yeah. I'll be tagging links. <laughs> and listen to Wolfbiter and Mumby. <laughs> uh, thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.